I'm Iron Mile Mason, and you're listening to Beyond the Barbell. All right, guys, welcome back to Beyond the Barbell. I am Ben Alderman. And I'm Blair Morrison. We are sitting here in Squaw Valley at the, uh, the site of this year's Spartan World Championships. Uh, as always, we're brought to you guys by Reebok, official sponsor of CrossFit and the CrossFit Games. But today, we're sitting down with three non-CrossFitters, so to speak. Blasphemy. Yeah, the, uh, the host of Mind Pump, we have Justin, Sal, and Adam. Uh, we're very happy to have you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us on. So just to kind of acquaint some of our audience that may not know you guys as well as the rest of the world does, um, tell us a little bit about Mind Pump and specifically how the three of you guys kind of combined forces to make this thing such a success. So I like I always like to say I swiped right and it was a match from, no, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> so we, uh, we all were personal trainers in the fitness industry and then uh, upper management uh, for 24 Hour Fitness. And I had actually heard of these guys but had never worked with them. And fast forward, you know, I don't know, 12 something years later, um, you know, I have a, uh, I'm trying to sell a program online. I contact Adam because I had known of him and I wanted him to see my material. We got on the phone and literally, I don't know, a week later, we started Mind Pump. It was, it was instant. Like we just sat in the same room and went off. We fell in love with each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was love at first. You know, first word, I guess. Basically, yeah. basically. But you guys were all from in the, in the San Jose area, the Bay Area. Yeah, we're all from the Bay Area. We all shared, like, similar vision. Um, when we sat down for the first time talking about what we wanted to do, we all hated the bullshit that the fitness industry sells. Uh, we all uh, had worked with people for a long time and understood what really worked when it came to getting people more fit, build muscle, burn body fat. Well, we, we, what we really saw was, and you guys know, because you guys have been in fitness for a really long time, is everybody wants to put everybody in a fucking camp, right? Everybody wants to divide everybody. And if you've been doing this for a really long time, there's a lot to take away. Thanks for the fit aid, bro. Yeah. That's a, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to take away from uh, almost every modality that's out there. But what do we like to do? We like to divide everybody and say, like, oh, mine is better than yours. Oh, this new study comes out and proves that our way of training and working out is better than your way. Well, that's how you sell product, right? Right, right. Yeah. And the same thing goes with the supplement side of the business and nutrition. It turns into this war. And we're splitting hairs over the real thing, like helping people truly find themselves. And this is what we talk about on the show is teaching people how to uh, have a better relationship, one, with themselves, with nutrition, and then exercise. And that's really what it's all about. And there's something to take away from almost every modality that's out there. And, you know, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are sharing the good about everything and exposing a lot of the bullshit that's out there, too. And we don't, uh, we come from a very non-biased angle that we're not trying to promote or something. Yeah, we make money off of our programs. That was something we did years later. We started off, though, we did over 100 episodes and didn't monetize. It was really about getting a message out there, and we are all really passionate about about that we were just trying to share you know the, our wealth of knowledge and experience over the years with people and uh like you said we're just trying to kind of bridge all these different uh, gaps between modalities and everybody has their tribe that they uh are, are vehemently for and we just want to make sure that everybody gets exposed to more solid information out there and then we can kind of present it in a way where it's more entertaining and, uh, you know, they're more likely to listen and pay attention to uh, things that uh, are, you know, core principles that everybody should kind of, uh, uh, you know, go with. Yeah, I love that, man. Like, 
there is a lot of division. I mean, are you guys getting any kind of pushback from listeners? Do people kind of like blow you guys up on social media and just? So from day one, our our motto literally was we had a slogan. It was zero fucks. That was the beginning of Mind Pump, and we we called out a, a lot of people, um, and we got uh, a lot of pushback from supplement companies, fitness organizations, like such as uh, CrossFit. We actually, believe it or not, we actually uh, in our one of our very very first episodes. We talked about what we liked and what we didn't like about uh, CrossFit, and we actually had the organization actually emailed us. That's and, a classic CrossFit and, move, man. And, they and reached out to you? Yeah. We got contact. Totally validating so, everything you so, guys did. So, so, trip off this, so, so trip off this. Trip off this, right? We did an episode. Uh, the title of it was, and we knew it would be per- provocative. The title was, Why Mind Pump Doesn't CrossFit. And so we just started. Nobody knew who we were, right? The next day, we get a message from CrossFit headquarters, and they're telling us to take the episode down. So here we are, nobody. This behemoth company tells us, take it down. So we recorded. So we recorded. We, we literally recorded why Mind Pump doesn't CrossFit Part Two. No, we said Part Two. Part Two, and we and we did it again. And that was the very first time we had. But but all, the three of us were so anti-authority, so rebellious by nature. Like if, if somebody is going to box, man. The second you tell us not to do something, we're going to do the exact opposite. And we did that with supplement companies, and so well, yeah, and the, the way whole we, the way we approached it though, it wasn't like we just came out and hated on CrossFit because absolutely not. I mean, there's so much good that's happened. Right, right. I mean, all of us are fans, and I think uh, if you want to be an athlete, I think it's amazing. I just think that uh, when it first started, that there needed to be this separation of it's a sport. And it may not be the most ideal way for the 40-year-old lady with all this dysfunction to get in shape. And that's all it was really about. And I think when we made that case, and there's just like there's bad trainers, there's bad coaches. And so it wasn't so much like about uh, we don't CrossFit because we don't like CrossFit. No, we love CrossFit. There's all kinds of great things about CrossFit. But what we had seen being in the industry for as long as we had, when it was introduced to the masses, you saw a lot of people that were just did not have the right credentials that were teaching these people how to exercise and lots of people getting hurt and sending people in the wrong direction. And that was really more the message. It wasn't so much, you know, but we knew it would be provocative by coming out there and saying why we don't CrossFit and would get people's attention. But we got a lot of love and respect because I tell you what, I don't know if you guys remember, but fucking 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the squat rack had dust on it. Like, right, yeah, like exactly. People do curls in the squat rack. Yeah, nobody was squatting, nobody was deadlifting, nobody was doing these great barbell movements that we should be doing. And I really, you know, I think CrossFit was a big part of that movement. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, like, the your story of that first episode is, is uh, unfortunately kind of in, indicative of... CrossFit headquarters is very sensitive. They're, they're, they're hypersensitive. And, like, we, Ben and I have been in this... In this side of the business for a very long time, you know, I competed in the 2009 CrossFit Games when it was still at Aromas at the ranch. It was, like, dusty and dirty, and, like, it was really, really a, a cool, organic thing that, you know, the, the, the powers that be had to kind of grow into as well. And it's, it's still, if you go to CrossFit headquarters, it's, like, it's a handful of people. You know, it's not like this. It doesn't. Rep, uh, it doesn't really it hasn't grown to the size that you think it would have so like it's still the same guys that have been a part of it from the beginning and dude it's you know what i mean and i'm not because they they have come at me for writing blog posts i wrote a blog post years ago that said um basically why why crossfitters need to play other sports and i got a response within two hours that said why don't you consider crossfit a sport and i'm like well, that's not what I was saying at all. What I was saying was you need to play this and other sports, like because that's what the original hundred words of fitness that Greg Glassman wrote said. The last line is 
regularly learn and play new sports. So what your story is, it fits perfectly with what everybody knows about the CrossFit corporate is that they're hypersensitive I think and they what's cool about have that, though, teeth, man. Is like what you guys did is you guys exposed CrossFit for our weaknesses, right? Like there were people using bad form. There are people yeah. like over-programming for 40-year-old ladies that haven't touched a, a weight in 25 years or ever in their entire life. And it's been the biggest yeah. biggest knock on growth is people scared of getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it forced us to get better as affiliate owners, as, you know, even athletes. And awesome. what are we putting out there? You know what I mean? So it's like... I don't know. It's kind of a... What, so what I've witnessed right so far with CrossFit is because of the way that they set up their... Because I thought it was a franchise early on, but uh, it's not. It's uh, Is it considered an affiliation? It's affiliation. Affiliation. Yeah. It's so, essentially a franchise. So the, the, the way that it's set up, uh, it's a little more loose. It allows more... Uh, you know, you're going to see the cream. You're going to see the cream rise of the cro- uh, to the top, and that's I. That's what I'm starting to see now. Because five, ten years ago, the, I would see like a lot of bad coaches. Right. Today, they're all failed, and none of them have succeeded. And now you're starting to see the better coaches, and the programming starting to change a little bit with, you know, how they program well, some of the workouts. The, the more we continue to meet guys like yourself, the ones that have been in it for a long time, that are actually intelligent, that understand, they respect that and they get that. And they get our message from it. It's not like, and, and I know some people that can't see that. They, they think we were hating. And I was like, no, it was never about hate. It was about getting a message out that I thought needed to be said. And most of the guys, I, I remember the, like the first time we, I mean, we met with Barbell Shrub, the first time we met with Rob Wolf. Like, we were all kind of like, oh, great. We're, everyone thought there was going to be this controversy between us and they weren't going to like us. We weren't going to like them. It was absolutely the opposite of that. I mean, they're these really intelligent guys. Get it. They see it too. They're no dummies. They know what's going on. And so I think everybody just wants to, to see it evolve and get better. And, and I think we're, you're seeing that right now. You're seeing more things getting put in place better people that are running facilities and like sal said the cream will rise to the top and the rest of those knuckleheads are going to go to the waist i mean they're struggling right and most of those, those boxes that are coming yeah, up. yeah I wanna, it's okay. great to see man i mean it's great to see like like he said when we meet actual people in it like how they're so receptive to uh criticism and like if it's constructive you know and i i, I totally appreciate that about the culture uh i, I feel like you know, the, the more we actually like hang out uh, with a lot of these box owners and and people in the sport, and, and they they really want to see change and uh, the the mobility wad and you know everything that Kelly Starrett is doing. I mean, so it's just like you know all these fantastic things are kind of happening as a result of being challenged. So well, we talked about it earlier. It's kind of like it was like a pissing contest. Like our methodology is better than yours. And so CrossFit basically, if you came in, you're like, yeah, I'm a fit dude. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, great. You're going to do this workout with me. If it doesn't crush you, I'm going to add 50 pounds. I'm going to add 50 reps until I see you, you know, walk outside and throw up. I think now CrossFitters are realizing like we've got our foot in the space. All we need to do is play the long game, treat people right, you know, help people with better movement, understanding their bodies, understanding their goals. Right, and, and adjust the program for them. Yeah, right? absolutely, right? I'll like, tell you what. Uh, so I've been professionally in the fitness industry now for 20 years. I have not seen one uh, organization or fitness culture that has impacted fitness on a kind of broad scale like CrossFit uh, has ever. I've never seen, I mean, bodybuilding was the main influence when it came to resistance training for a long time. So you saw, like Adam said, squat racks had dust on them. People were using machines. Uh, Women definitely didn't do, you know, deadlifts, and they were kind of scared of building muscle. And CrossFit single-handedly by itself changed that big time because you did not see. I'm telling you right now, I would manage 40 and 50,000 square foot facilities that would have two squat racks, and it would never get used. Right. Today, you go into a gym like that, and it's mostly squat racks. And that was CrossFit's influence, 100%. So we talk about people coming from different backgrounds. You guys all came from 
you know, 24 hour fitness, personal training background, but I'm sure you each had your specialties within that. And that's one of the reasons why you guys have a great team is, you know, you come from different specialties or expertise. All very different. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. So I, you know, I was a, a trainer for a short period of time. Um, and then I moved into management and then I would run these big boxes um, and I grand opened a couple. And then I was an entrepreneur, very young, 21 years old. Uh, I opened my first uh, wellness facility. So I had, you know, personal training, massage, uh, acupuncture, you know, Eastern, Western uh, applications of, you know, for, for total health. And I did that for quite a while, and it, I really developed a passion for uh, total wellness. Going into that as a kid, it was all about building muscle, burning body fat. Um, but, you know, my, I guess my expertise or my passion really dived deep into the, the, just the total holistic wellness side. Everything from the emotional side to the spiritual side to your hardcore fitness side to your nutrition side. And um, so I, that was, that was kind of where I was coming from. There goes. So you got Sal, who is like our, our hippie crunchy guy out of the three of us. Uh, and we're, we're, all, we're all serial entrepreneurs, right? So we've all done lots of businesses growing up since we were all, in, even into our teens, right? It goes that far back and all been in fitness and management and leadership. But uh, at one point, before we got into podcasting, I'd kind of seen that. And I feel like fitness is really behind from when you're talking about business. I really feel like. Uh, you see, especially coming from the Silicon Valley where we're all from, you see these tech companies that are moving and pushing faster. And fitness seems like it's 10, 15 years behind. And we were all we all got in a room one day and we're talking about like where it, where it needs to go and what, what it's going to look like in the future. And at that time, I was trying to get into men's physique, you know, the bodybuilding world. And the reason why I was doing it, never did I ever have a desire to do that. Like I'm not a guy who follows the sport or anything like that. The reason why was because I see where everyone is looking for answers is from these you know bodybuilders all the the athletes these people on covers of magazines so the idea was okay i'm going to get into this sport that i know nothing about i'm going to work my way up into the the professional level i'm going to do it by myself i'm going to get a, a, a stage for myself and then from there we're going to prevent uh, present a message and so when mind pump first started uh you were actually uh, listening to my journey through the mpc and then the ifbb and man i tell you what when i got into it i was blown away i remember being backstage my very first show and uh you know i did it all by myself so i'm back there i'm getting ready and there's like you know, about 75 athletes back there. And everyone's kind of talking. We're all amateurs. Everyone's talking real friendly, real friendly sport for sure. And I'm listening to these guys talk about what their coaches were telling them to get ready for this show. Like the diets they were on, their Just card. Horrible. Oh, right? it was. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, really? You guys are doing that? Like, it doesn't have to be like this, right? And I thought, well, in the back of my head, I'm, and I'm not one to be disrespectful. And then I'm just kind of downloading all this and kind of, okay, just listening to what everyone has to say. And in my head, I'm like, well, maybe this maybe this is why they're amateurs. You know, you're an amateur because you think like this. And maybe when you get to the professional level, these guys really know their shit. And so it took me about four shows before um, I got up to the professional level. I got my pro card in uh, USA's. And uh, then I get backstage uh, at the professional level, my first pro show, and it's the same thing. I'm talking to these guys. These are all the covers of magazines and covers of romance novel dudes. And these dudes, <laughs> some of these dudes are making tons of money. Long flowing hair. Oh yeah, they're all they're making oh, tons. You're on the cover. I've, of I've been on a cover of yes of a romance novel. Absolutely. No, you have I, not. That out. So I am on the cover of a romance novel. Like, where am I uh, that shit? So when when I'm back here, I'm looking at these guys and I'm like. 
this is crazy to me that these are the people that all these youngsters that are coming up are looking up for answers, and these guys don't know shit about health. They don't know anything about physiology. They don't know anything about nutrition. And I'm talking about this is the majority. These are the best of the best at that level. And it was at that moment I was like, whoa. There's a lot that we need to do here to help out this this side of the house. And so a lot of people uh, attach us to bodybuilding because uh, that's a lot of my message. But we, I mean, we talk about it. Justin has more of like a sports performance background. Oh, yeah, man. I was not a fan of bodybuilding at all. <laughs> I fucking, I hate that. You know, I hate, I, you know, not that I hate it. I, I appreciate it. But at the same time, it's just not something I wanted to pursue uh, at all. So that's sort of, you know, how there's a division. Like, you're either kind of on the CrossFit side or you're on the bodybuilding side. And I was a little bit more on the CrossFit side. But then I had my own issues with some of the programming, some things that I saw that I would, you know, uh, as far as like what I what I'm into in unconventional training wise, um, I trained a lot of athletes and I was very interested in skills training and, and specific training with um, Olympic lifts and, and powerlifting. And I come a lot from uh, I played football and so I've been a, an athlete my whole life. That whole mentality of being an athlete is what I would right. identify you're, with. You're training for a sport, not to look a certain way. That's that's, that's what idea. I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's sort of what I'm bringing in, which is a different sort of contrast um, where Adam and Sal kind of have a little bit more of the, you know, looking for my composition training and, and what I could do burning fat wise. So I just wanted to get strong. I wanted to get strong. I wanted to get efficient. And, uh, you know, over the years, I've just learned how to, yeah, move well, be smarter about it. And movement quality to me is really important. I think um, that's what really sort of changed my paradigm at some point as I was training clients is, you know, how to how to better do that and how to add mobility and how to add more recovery and um, you know how to undulate my my intensity so you know I made sure that my body was at its uh, optimal peak performance so how, much you with that too, with that, how hard that was what a, what a transition that was coming from that athlete mentality yeah absolutely so you know me coming from that background like I was like kill like everything every work I had to kill I had to conquer it was like you know this workout I'm going to be the champion of and um you know, I would take that into to football because football is really aggressive, and um, you know, I really needed to summon that and and the mental discipline of it to uh, lift as heavy as possible. So even training outside of like uh, college football, I kept that mentality where I was just you know crushing every time I was going for my PR and I was going to you know lift as heavy as possible. Um, and then I just I started getting into a yoga a little bit. I started getting into movement practices. And started to really slow down, and and uh, and then I met these guys too, and we, you know, Sal challenged me a little bit about, uh, you know, why don't you go about two reps short? You know, why don't you try that out? And um, you know, I started to train like that, and, and just was crazy. It was just like, okay, you know, I'm adding more volume into my workouts. Uh, consistently per week so the next time i go to work out and train i don't feel like oh i can't you know i don't have it today like there was never a day where i don't have it today because i scheduled it out and i focused on recovery and anyway so my whole training shifted from there um and it, it it's one of those things that i am very vocal about now just because of my experience and uh, i know the athlete mind you know we, we get into that where we just want to fucking win all the time and uh it, it, we're so much more efficient when we listen to our body Absolutely. I think that what you're talking about, Justin, is the number one issue that we as box owners discuss. Like what's the impact we need to have on our clients? 
they, they come to CrossFit for intensity, like first and foremost, right? Um, and we have to manage that intensity. We've got to, like, show them that someday intensity is going to be skill training on a muscle-up or, you know, it's going to be um, <laughs> mobility focused. Like, the fact that you can't go to absolute 100% every single day, that's a fact. That's a physiological fact. That's why sprinters peak for, like, two to three races a year. You know, you can't do all out. Your CNS just can't handle it over and over and over again. There's this false paradigm. There's a false paradigm that you have to force your body to improve. Like, I have to force it. I have to beat it into submission to build more muscle or improve its performance or whatever. That's not true at all. Your body wants to adapt. You just have to send the right signal. That's how you, you have to think about it. So sometimes that means the signal needs to be intensity. Sometimes that's what's going to get your body to adapt. Other times it's practice, it's skills. Other times it's mobility. Other times it's rest and recovery. But if you're always thinking that you're, what kind of signal am I sending to my body, um, then you'll train properly and you'll find that your body literally simply wants to change. I mean, you know, I talk to people about, uh, you know, a lot of guys want to build muscle. And so they'll come to me and tell me, how many more calories do I need to build muscle? I need to eat a shit ton more calories. And I tell them, listen, the reality is if your body wants to build muscle, you don't need to take that many more calories. It's really about the signal. And for people who disagree with me, I'll say this. You could take any male athlete, any female athlete, don't change their diet or their training whatsoever, and just inject them with anabolic steroids. And you'll see that their bodies will gain muscle on the same amount of calories. Now, of course, you're sending a hormonal signal, a loud hormonal signal that says build, but there's a lot of signals that you can send your body to get it to adapt. And if you know how to manipulate them properly, your body wants to adapt. And so you get this in this state where you just fucking feel good, man. Like, you finish your workout, and you're like, God, I feel great. And then the next workout, you perform better, and you're like, oh, I feel amazing. That's right. real programming. And that's really the big difference between... And I really think, especially some of the top athletes uh, in any sport, but in particular sports that may not have you know, professional coaches coaching them and scientists and stuff like that, I think they get away with the fact that their bodies have incredible abilities to deal with so much damage that they get in shape or they get fit in spite of the way they train. Um, at the highest level, though, you are seeing people are starting to get it because it's so competitive that now the guy or girl that's going to win is the... You know, the person that maybe utilizes a float tank or, you know, uh, learns how to meditate properly or knows when to do the mobility or knows when to apply intensity. So you're starting to see a little bit more of that, and we're happy to see that. I want to get a little bit away from the programming angle but and talk a little bit more about business and, like, where we see the fitness industry at now. I mean, we're Love at it. Spartan World Championships, right? This is uh, something that's really uh, grown up in the last five to ten years, but Intensely in the last two to three years uh, in popularity, this obstacle course uh, culture. Um, you got CrossFit, which is another fitness sport. You have bodybuilding that is a fitness sport. Um, these are all based on training. And honestly, for the majority of people, it is an excuse to keep them exercising, right? An excuse to keep them exercising, keep them in shape. And as trainers, as business people, that's what we want. We want ways to motivate people to keep training. Well, you're, I don't know uh, how much you guys follow this type of stuff, but I, a great book to read. Um, I just finished this a few months back, a book called uh, Irresistible by Adam Atler. And it's talking about uh, our addiction to technology and how much we're being sucked in and the average person, the amount of hours. So the average person right now uh, looks at their phone for two and a half hours for the day. So two and a half hours, and the average person picks up their phone to look at it 55 times. Right. Just 10 years ago, we didn't even have that shit, right? You weren't, that wasn't the ability. You call, if you wanted to talk to me, you left a message at my house, I got you tomorrow, right? Where now we are getting, we're becoming so 
sucked in and what you're seeing and this is why you know we're talking about we're at spartan race right now you see this event and this type of stuff exploding is because people want to feel that connection again to themselves we're becoming so detached and we're becoming this virtual world so much that you're seeing sports like you're going to have to do this because everyone's becoming so sucked into the, the the virtual world and we're about to see it get crazier with vr around the corner i know man so people are going to businesses that are going to thrive and continue to grow are the ones that help these people detach from that because we can't stop it it's coming and if you want to succeed in business you better learn how to adapt to it because it's here you know it's here and it's going to speed up real fast so i think that sports like this are exploding for that exact reason. Well, I think that uh, I think what you're saying is 100% true, right? Obviously, things are going much more, uh, you know, like a media angle, right? Like you're having to get absorb it through your phone, absorb it through your TV. For you guys who have self TV, your computers, all these different things, and you know, this provides a real experience, right? Which makes it different. Not only but, that, it's like a long experience. Yeah, like we're but, addicted to immediacy, and this is like you're going to go out there for five or six hours in order to have that. Sure, but I bet you that Spartan sees themselves as a media company to a certain extent, right? Because they know that's how people are absorbing this content, right? Uh, I, I think to be a successful business today, you need to be, at, to, at some, to some extent, a media company, even right. if Prospect it's just a social media. media. Company, uh, right? Spartan's yeah. a, a large I, I think media company. Th- I, you know, to be more specific, you know, to what Adam's talking about, I, I, you, the next big thing you're going to see in fitness, the next big push is going to be for things that surround uh, mindfulness, things that surround the moment, the flow state, whatever you want to call it. Obstacle course racing, CrossFit competitions, they actually represent that because when you're competing at that, at this level, when you're pushing your body to that limit, you have no choice but to be in the moment. It is actually a form of mindfulness. But you also see on the other end, you're going to see things like float tanks, you know, exploding. You're going to see meditation practices start to explode. Uh, so yoga, you know, studios. So mindfulness is the next big thing. And, and what we're also seeing, which is actually more immediate, is the, the merging of wellness and fitness, which we're already starting to see. You know, uh, five years ago, it was very difficult to find an organic protein. It really was. It was all. It was. There weren't very many people on the market. Today, organic protein powders are, are growing. You're seeing that in all supplements. Uh, you're seeing nutrition kind of take a different turn to where it's less dependent on powders and you know things like that, and more on whole foods. So. This was a lot of the success that Mind Pump had at the very beginning was, you know, you got these three meathead-looking dudes that were talking about mindfulness and, you know, body image and self-image and your relationship with yourself and food and exercise, and it just threw everybody for a fucking loop. But we, because I know that, and that was the whole thing with me competing, was I knew that would get the attention of people because there's people that see that and they go, oh, I want that, but why do you want that? What's the reason? And a lot of people don't realize a lot of the motivation behind the stuff that we do right now for exercise is rooted in insecurities. And that's tough for people to swallow that. We get so caught up in the modalities and how cool this is or how much I love this or how much muscle I'm building for this or how much fat I burn from this when no one's really actually thinking like, well, why do I even want all that? Like, what does this really, how does this really serve me? And so I think that was what was so unique and different when we first started was I think people expected something different. We still get it now. I mean, I love to do interviews like this one and people always think like, oh, couple bros we're gonna hear some bro shit right now we're talking about protein and carbs and macro and cycling and you know carb cycling like they think they're gonna get that right they think they're gonna get that from us and then no because we've been doing this for a very very long time we know the direction it's going and and if you're gonna see more and more of these companies pop up so if you're in the fitness space you most certainly need to be paying attention to this or if you're up and coming in business most certainly that mindfulness and 
self-awareness. I think you're also going to see huge growth. You're already starting to see an online coaching. Online coaching, uh, at the moment, um, if you wanted to be an online coach, you could just be one. There's no, like, uh, certification body or whatever. I think that's going to change because it's a growing segment of the – I think it's a growing segment of the market, but it's going to take over. That will be the biggest way – that or the, the most popular way people get any kind of coaching uh, and it's going to surpass like even personal training well when you look at the the consumer right the people that are going to be desiring this mindfulness like, what is it that's you think it's just going to be the fact that they're so attached to their phone that they're naturally going to want to go away from it or is there going to be some sort of a like driving force? it's going to be a pushback is what it is. it's like okay. it's like what we've seen think about this like cigarettes right 20 years ago, we're all older now, right? So we remember 20 years ago, the norm of people smoking around food restaurants. If you saw someone like, like if we just saw someone light it right now, how freaked out would everybody get? Everybody would be pissed. Right. It'd be disrespectful almost. So and, that, and that was, was just, an active campaign by like the, the government. Like that was, I mean, like smoking kills, put it on every package, put it everywhere. Right. And I believe we're going to see in the, in the, just like in fitness, we're going to see the pendulum swing. We're going to see people become so hyper attached. Like it's going right now. We're talking about things that we think are still five, 10 years down the road because uh, some people are adopting it right now, but we're still, there's more of us becoming more sucked in than the other way around, especially the generation coming up. It's going to be when we have more data, like that book, Irresistible, I'm talking about. They talk about that. You know, the scary part is we really only have about 10 years of data of what this technology is doing to us. What's it doing to our posture? What's it doing to our behavioral patterns? What's it doing with our social awareness, our ability to communicate with others? We're just barely starting to see the damage. And the scary fucking part about it is this. If someone's addicted to something right now, like drugs, if you're a heroin addict, cocaine, addict or what that you there's there's visual signs that you can't hide that you're like ashamed of you see it but with technology we encourage it we because you you know you you gotta do it for your business we're doing tech right now we couldn't do this 10 years ago you know so there's all this positive stuff and so no one's really talking about some of the bad things that are happening and you're going to start to see that more and more i think we're going to start to see that and that's what's going to force it to come the other direction naturally and so you guys saying kind of fitness in the way you're viewing it right now, you guys particularly, is kind of like a a fix for that. It's like a rehab. Is like a, you know what I mean? Uh, um, okay, so yes, because at the end of the day, if you can look at if you can fix the root cause of why people are inactive, why people don't move, why they don't take care of themselves, um, then you're going to solve uh, the problem. The root cause is not. Uh, you know, it's not, I don't look good. It's not, Hey, lose 30 pounds in, you know, 50 days. It's not, it's all based around self-awareness and isn't it, isn't it laziness? I'll tell you what it is. It's not, it's actually lack of self-awareness. Think about it this way. Does anybody really want to be 50 pounds overweight? No, nobody does. At some point that person was 20 pounds overweight, 30 pounds overweight. Why didn't they stop that? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give people an awareness exercise like, like this. I'll tell them. Before every meal, I want you to ask yourself, ask your body if it wants this food. Look at the food. Ask yourself, is this going to nourish me in a way that I want it to nourish me? And which, is, which means sometimes you are going to eat a piece of cake. Okay? Sometimes that's nourishing you emotionally because you're with your family whatever. But ask yourself that question. And I give them these mindfulness exer- exercises. You know how hard it is for people just to do that? Because they don't want to become aware. Yeah, they don't want it. Yeah, no, they exactly. don't want to become aware. So. So all the, and, and the other thing, and I was the other part of this is that the average consumer is far more informed and has way more information available to them than ever before. Right, that's the paradox, right? That's the, and, but I think it's changing things. I really do. Um, I think what soda consumption for the past few years, for the first time ever, is like dropped. Organic foods, 
10 years ago, there was no organic section at Safeway. There's an organic section everywhere. People are talking about, you know, avoiding processed foods. It was never about that. It was always about avoiding fat or carbs or something like that. So I, I think things are starting to change. It's, and the awareness part is going to be a big piece of that. I think that's kind of scary, though, because uh, I don't know if you guys have kids. Any of you guys have kids yet? I, I do. Okay, so I've got, I've got four kids, and Blair's got two, and you guys have some kids. Uh, just watching how people parent these days, we're going back even further. Now, how is this mindfulness uh, going to be affected in people's self-awareness? You have parents just grabbing their cell phone when their kids are sitting there and just like, here, just play a game. Right. So mindfulness may be improving well, to people uh, who are like 30 and up. But people who are 10 and under, yeah. their self-awareness is not being groomed no, it's or not even that, in any it's, way. And, and I'm not saying that, that the big mindfulness push that you're going to see in the fitness industry isn't going to solve everything right away. What I'm saying is whenever you have a big problem with society, you tend to see the fitness industry try to fix it in some way. And that's why mindfulness is going to grow exactly for that. Sure. Because people are going to see, oh, like shit, we need, to, we need to actually structure something to get our kids to be more present or we need to structure something for ourselves because our lives don't allow that there is no time that you're off you're always on all the time you got your phone all the time with you you, you know i don't know if you guys know this or not but like your steve jobs bill gates a lot of these people that are in the tech industry these guys are won't even let their kids use these tools they created the fucking tools but they don't let their own kids for a reason because they know how addictive they made these things and they know they knew how scary it was going to be and we're heading that direction so i you know i'm always getting these guys to try and talk about their parenting because i think right now it's got to be one of the craziest times to figure out because we're in this transition in about 10 15 years i think we're going to figure it out but we're right in the middle of what we're going to see like i think we're gonna, it's going to get worse it's going to be and you said it perfect like I, I just saw this the other day i'm at i'm at a sushi restaurant and there's a mom dad kid and two kids and uh, every dad and mom are both looking down their cell phone both kids have ipads up watching one's playing a game one's watching a cartoon and nobody is interacting with each other. And you see this. Uh, I mean, you and you see companies like uh, what's that? What's that cheap restaurant? That's uh, there's a, one of those uh, chains, those big chains. Yeah, one of those that now they have them. They have this. I don't know if you guys seen this before. Uh, they have it on the table now, right? Oh, so yeah. on, there's a t there's already on the table, and it's and like they're probably crushing it. Probably oh, killing wise, it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know they they're killing it because parents and, like, oh, we can go there oh, and the kids are going to be fine. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it, it, you know, and I see that stuff. And there's there's a part of you. Swipe right. No, they do. Yeah. So oh it's if they actually have stuff for first date, it's it's actually brilliant. From a bit from a bit, if you like if you appreciate the business side, you go like, whoa, this is smart. Like, and I look around at the restaurant and everybody's all sucked into it. But yeah, this is where we're going. It's a scary time for kids. Yeah, I mean, there's it's just going to escalate, and I think that people are realizing like how invasive tech is becoming, and um, and they're really working on making it just even more part of your life. Like they're they're trying to put it in, so now we're going to have like augmented reality. You know, VR is going to become a thing more than you know people realize. And I'm thinking like that's got to be where you get companies like Orange Theory that are just exploding, right? And they're based on heart rate monitoring. But I got to think that VR is coming to some of these fitness. Like, think about a VR spin studio, yeah. well, right, where so, you're climbing the Alps. Yeah. And CrossFit's the, the, the curves of uh, today. I don't know if you guys remember curves back in the day. I remember curves. Yeah, Orange Theory. Excuse Orange me, Orange the Theory. Curves. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Orange Theory. Orange Theory is like curves. You remember? You guys remember curves? Yeah, yeah but Orange Theory is a lot more money than curves, I think. Oh, but but the, it's it's very similar. I think you're going to see the same thing with the model. Bing, bing. Come back that's down. what so, I think, too. Yeah, that's the same thing. But I'll give you guys a good uh, analogy for what's going on with tech right now. So... When we were kids, we saw this explosion of processed foods. It was it really took off 
in the 80s and 90s in a big way. Um, everybody started eating them. The obesity epidemic really started to explode. And what we had to do is we had to learn how to, you know, uh, basically how to eat properly. We, had, we couldn't just eat whatever we wanted. We had to be very careful. And we had to, with our kids, we learned to tell them, don't eat this and eat that. When I was a kid, kids weren't told that. We ate all kinds of processed food. You're starting to see now parents start to change that because we have to regulate it. Now, the same thing is going to happen with tech. Tech has exploded so fast that we're not really regulating it with our kids because we never had to do that before. But parents, if you, this is the way I parent my kids with it, is just like you have to do with food now, is you have to let, give them regulations. You can't just let them grab whatever or buy food. So when it comes to you know, tech, I'll tell them, school nights, you can't use it at all. At all. On the weekends, you're allowed one hour you know, on each day. And you got to do it in the open so I can see what you're doing. You have to do that because if you just give it to them, uh, and let them do whatever they want with it, you're going to have problems. Right. Dude, I just saw this app um, advertised on Good Day Sacramento. It's this app that um, basically the parent can control how much time is allotted for entertainment, like YouTube, games, etc. And the, the child's device automatically shuts off after they've hit that time. So like, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we do it with my daughter. She's two years old. And we say, she's like, she reaches for the phone, wants the phone. We're like, okay, you want five minutes? She's like, yeah, yeah. And then the timer goes off and she hands it right back. Because she's used to it, right? Oh, so if she wants five minutes, she's like, it's like, it's like programmed in early. And I think you're absolutely right. That's when it happened. I'll tell you what, from a dysfunction standpoint, um, I don't know about you guys, but you know, when you're in fitness, especially when you learn biomechanics and movement and all that stuff, it's hard not to see imbalances in people when they're walking by and stuff. Kids, man, have, are you guys paying attention to the dysfunction? Oh, it's horrible. In the way kids move, yeah, the yeah. way that their feet pronate. Uh, you've got forward head and, and forward shoulders in kids. Kids usually always have great, pretty much, you know, mobility and posture because they're kids. But now you're seeing horrible, and these are in, the, in young children. It's, it's crazy the dysfunction that we're starting to see. Uh, before we run out of time, I want to circle back to kind of what we touched on just a minute ago about companies like Orange Theory. Um, you got curves up around us. We got yeah curves. You got nine rounds. You got these uh, businesses that are coming into the space trying to come from new ways that are well, the way we describe it is you have CrossFit kind of near the the top of the pyramid as far as it's high price, high complexity, and then you have. Um, you know, like a 24-hour fitness membership where it's low price, low complexity. You don't have any interaction with an individual, right? High volume. And in between, you have a company like Orange Theory where it's a little bit cheaper than CrossFit but not quite as complex. There's no Olympic lifting. There's no gymnastics. But it's like community, right, a little bit. And what I'm curious about, based on our conversation, you know, with the rise of tech and the addiction and the, the eventual pushback that we think is going to happen, to me it seems like companies like CrossFit that are community driven, community driven, exactly, interaction driven, are, yeah. are are in the best position to to kind of survive. What types of things do you guys? I know you guys see this all the time. How do you evaluate these trends, these businesses? Which ones have legs? Which ones don't? So, I, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think that uh, for, I worked for Orange Theory for a while. So my, my did good, you really? My good buddy Brendan Abendejo, NFL player, owns like 15 of them. And as like a favor to him, I helped him open up the first major ones in the Bay Area. 
So, uh, and I kept that kind of on the hush because it was more of a favor, and I already didn't believe in the modality when I was actually even working there. So, right. <laughs> uh, but I knew what I knew. You just why, took the money, man. Well, I saw I saw where it was going business wise. So I knew I knew where it was going business wise three years ago when it first started, or four. It's now four years, um, and I knew it was going to explode, and it actually exploded because of CrossFit. It was the response right. to what we were talking yeah, about earlier. Absolutely. They literally took the, the the things that made CrossFit very successful, and then the the, the number one complaint at that time, which was people getting injured so they took all the dangerous stuff out all the barbell moves which by the way are some of the best parts of it right right so they took that piece that's out that's why people are quitting Lord's theory well yeah they and so doing the same thing and when i first again. came in there i remember i remember calling brendan up and saying dude you got to do something uh within these classes that actually addresses all these imbalances you can't i know for money we want to run 12 classes a day, seven days a week to pump out as much as we can, but you got to have a day or two in there. So a lot of some of the stuff uh, that if you are familiar with Orange Theory of what you see happening, I kind of started that trend uh, because no one was doing it. And I just, no one wanted to implement it. So I just said, fuck it, I'm going to run by my own rules. And I started teaching my classes different. So where they had things organized uh, to be, you know, teaching parts of the franchise, I was teaching mobility and teaching nutrition to these people because I knew this is, we're not helping them. All we're doing is putting them on a damn treadmill tell them to chase some orange color, you know, and they see great results for two or three weeks. Then either one, they end up getting injured or they hit a hard plateau and they don't know what to do from there. And they offer no education. So if they're going to survive, they're going to have to feed more into that community piece, right? Where they're going to have to answer a lot of this stuff. So I think businesses that will thrive won't be off of, they won't be gimmicky. And that type of stuff is really gimmicky. If the program is really solid, it'll last forever. But the programming, it's kind of it's kind of weak. So well, it's a game, right? Right. Essentially, it's a game. It's like you said, you're chasing the orange dot, and I think that's brilliant. But the, I, we talked about it off the air yesterday or so, and we're saying they got to pivot, right? They got to either yes. introduce some more complexity, and otherwise, it's gonna people are gonna because like I have friends that go there, and I'm like, oh, you've been there for a year. Like, how many people have been there longer than you? And they're like, two. Like, nobody is, is, like, a core member for, like, five, ten years. Like, that's just not the way it's operating. One of the best predictors of success in fitness is the culture surrounding, uh, you know, whatever modality it is. CrossFit has a very clear culture. In fact, it's the culture is so strong that, you know, people will even they'll eat the same way, they'll follow the same politics, they'll wear the same. And if you see that within an organization or within a, a, a particular fitness modality, then you know that that's going to take off and it's going to be really strong. Kettlebell yeah, Kettlebell Sport. Uh, this is an up-and-coming, but and we hosted a Kettlebell Sport event, and you could see that culture. You know, where people walk in and, yeah, and you see that with OC, you know, OCR type, you know, races. Right. I think that's what you'll, that's where you'll see the growth. As far as the big box gyms, those on the decline, they've, they've, they dropped their prices so low. Their whole model is sell as many, many cheap memberships as possible. Hope they don't show up and just, and that, that model is just, it's garbage. It's not going to grow that much more. If you're going to see anything in terms of gyms, it's smaller to medium size community-driven type boxes. I think you're going to see a lot more independent boxes as well that aren't attached to any type of, you know, company or modality. Well, I mean, you guys, sounds like you guys have, I mean, your finger on the pulse, man. It's really awesome to hear, and I'd love to keep you guys on the podcast, I don't know, for another two hours. But the nice thing is you guys have your own show. If people want to listen to you, how do they find you? Uh, so we're Mind Pump on iTunes. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we post fitness videos every single day. That's Mind Pump TV. And then our website is mindpumpmedia.com. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Make sure you guys download um, all of our episodes on iTunes at BTV Podcast, at btvpodcast.com. And stay tuned for more stuff from the Spartan Championships. Thanks again, fellas.